Hi, Julie. We just recorded with Katie Glass. She is the yes. founder of Inner Science Co. She is a pioneer, self-discovery, whose purpose in life is to teach others how to come back to their truest selves. Her modalities include being a yoga teacher, Ayurvedic wellness counselor, Vedic astrologer, and human design practitioner. She helps her clients discover their physical, mental, and energetic bodies and how they are profoundly unique. Holy moly, I want to say all the things. <laughs> that conversation was amazing, life-giving, mind-blowing. We had so many aha moments ourselves, and gosh, Katie is just a light and a vessel of knowledge. I'm feeling so much energy behind the conversation because as woo as it is, as we're talking about Vedic astrology and human design and probably a bunch of other things that maybe our listeners don't know about yet, there were so many practical aha moments tied in with learning differences, how to work, how to work towards your strengths and how we don't all need to work and we're not all supposed to work the same. Mm. Yeah. Katie has given both Lindsay and I readings for human design and whew, they are amazing. We're super excited to share this conversation with you all. Welcome to your weekly woo. I'm Julie Heishi. And I'm Lindsay Page. We come to you today to shed light on unconventional methods of healing, living, being in the world. While some people may call these practices woo, we're here to talk about merging the spiritual with the practical, about becoming empowered to choosing your journey to wholeness. Everyone's path to finding joy is a unique and beautiful game of trial and error, full of important lessons. We're here to share our journey, our experiences, and our truth, so maybe your road doesn't have to be as bumpy as ours was, or simply to remind you that you're not alone. We bring on guests to join us for these chats so they can impart their wisdom and probably teach us a thing or two as well. We believe empowerment comes from knowledge and frame of mind. You may see or care for yourself differently after learning a new perspective. This creates a ripple effect for how you show up in the world. So take what sticks and leave the rest. You are your own greatest healer, your own guide, your own guru. We're here to take this journey with you one woo conversation at a time. <sighs> Good morning, Julie. Good morning. We have Katie Glass on the show with us today. Welcome, Katie. Thank you. Good morning. It is a good morning. It's a good Friday. It's a happy Friday. It's really nice here. <laughs> it is really nice here as well. We love recording on Fridays because it's like the end of the week and it's exciting. Is it sunny where you guys are? In Charlotte, we've been, uh, it's been kind of rainy the past few days, but nice today. I'm about to head to Tybee Island in Georgia for uh, my birthday weekend trip. So, yeah. Yes. Happy belated. Thank you. Yeah. 30. <laughs> but I love it. I'm excited. <sighs> 30s feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be hitting on my, uh, my 30th in December. So. Oh, yeah. I'm right Right behind you. Mm. <laughs> Both of you are such babies. And I were. <laughs> Fair. I'll live, I'll live vicariously through you. Says the lady with the Rolling Stones tea and the <laughs> dope crystal necklace. <laughs> I love 
I love it. So before we dive into conversation, um, we ask this to sort of all of our guests because it's a fun question, we think. And that is, what does woo mean to you? I'll kind of share what associations come up for me, actually. I think immediately of the woo girls in How I Met Your Mother. I think it is. Yeah. There's like woo girls they talk about, which makes me laugh. And then there's also this strength in Clifton Strengths Finder called woo, called winning others over. That used to be one of my my top five strengths. Woo now, for me, I I find it speaks for the intricacies that the human mind has not yet discovered. I think there's sometimes a negative connotation with the word, but ultimately I think a lot of times our little pea brains as I, you know, as <laughs> developed as they are, we can't conceptualize everything that is yet to be discovered or it, or it actually exists just because we haven't discovered it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And so woo for me really is, um, I would maybe change the acronym to like willfully and what, and there's like wonder associated with it. There's, mm. you know, you can turn it into organization. You can turn it into openness. Like there's so many things I could add, you know, in regards to woo. And so, yeah, it's the, everything we have yet to discover. I love that so much. Mm-hmm. Lindsay and I sort of feel the same way. It's it's the things that you can't necessarily explain or intellectualize because, yes. as you mentioned, we're not as evolved mm-hmm. as we all sometimes think we are. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, so tell us, I mean, we sort of know because we met you through a program that we've met so many of our guests yeah. through. So we know a little bit about you, but would you mind telling our listeners, what what do you do? What's your craft? What are your roots? Yeah, so it'll be in story-like form because it really has been a journey and a story <laughs> in terms of what I do. So my journey kind of started in 2009. I took my first yoga class and I like mm-hmm. to say, and I say this respectfully, that with also some humor, you know, yoga is like the gateway drug is what it feels like to me. You know, it opens up so many possibilities um, for discovery outside of this physical plane we're on, you know, both internally and, you know, cerebrally and and all the parts of us. In, you know, taking that yoga class, I realized there was so much more than just, you know, the physical body and, you know, my thoughts and all these things and ultimately decided to go down a path of yoga teacher training. And in yoga teacher training, I really resonated with this one's concept we were taught called the koshas or the layers Mm. of the body and how we have many layers of of our body that are unique and have different needs and affect our, our life experience. In my yoga teacher training, I was introduced to the concept of Ayurveda. Um, which I know Lindsay also is a practitioner of and an expert in. I fell in love with it immediately. It explained everything. I mean, Ayurveda is literally translated to mean the science of life. It explains everything about life. And so, and it just, it also gave me such permission at that point. I was in a not so nice relationship with my body. It gave me permission actually to love my body, to honor my body, that it's unique in, in so many ways. And so, that propelled me forward on this journey of exploring the many layers of my body, many koshas. And so I went to Ayurveda school, uh, 
learned also that a sister science to yoga and Ayurveda is astrology. Um, I am a very mentally oriented person and everything about astrology before this, I was like, meh, I don't believe in it. Well, because <laughs> I'm a Taurus, and but I'm an atypical Taurus. Um, I'm like, I identify much more with Sagittarius, things like that. Well, it turns out mm-hmm. my son sits in the ninth house of Sagittarius. And I had my first birth chart reading and I was like, my mind was blown. Everything about me from my strengths to my shadows to my life experiences was just articulated, not in a causal way, because I've learned and ultimately practice astrology in a way that's not about prediction it's about illumination of where you are Mm. but it's a it's a beautiful sacred tool to help you stay true to your nature and identify your path and the many paths you can take Um, I also incorporate human free will into astrology so we have Ayurveda astrology and then actually even before I started yoga teacher training I had found human design And I've been, I'd started self-studying when there weren't really many practitioners around. And then I had taken classes on and off throughout. And so ultimately it all culminated in 2020, as many things did for many people, in me being laid off from my corporate marketing job. And I had been working corporate marketing for 10 years. And I just knew at that point, and I was like, well, I'm getting kicked out of this path. That is not where I'm supposed to be anymore. There there are many backstories behind it that aren't important. But I was like, this is the universe hitting me over the head for I think probably the fourth time being like, this is not for you. (laughs) And I just started um, my company, Inner Science. And I was like, well, you know what? It's, It's all in now. So I work with the layers of the body. Um, helping people to understand how those layers are unique. So using Ayurveda for the physical lens, astrology for the mental, emotional lens, human design for the energetic body lens. And then also throughout this year, I've been working with um, a mentor, uh, Jess Bubico, on working on developing my intuitive body. So I also do channel and do um, intuitive uh, things, and that's infused into everything I do. And then ultimately that leads to the bliss body or the purpose body. I use all those tools to help people understand how those layers of their body are unique and help lead them to their purpose, usually through the lens of career, because that's what most people come to me for um, with that language in the Western world. But I also have started expanding purpose into um, helping people understand their purpose within motherhood as a child, as whatever role we fulfill, because purpose isn't just career as much as we like to you know, push that narrative sometimes in the Western world. It's everything. So I do readings, I create classes, I love to teach, I have long-term containers for helping people find their purpose and career, I, and, and I really just leave it open to whatever comes through. Um, I, eh, I have like a loose plan or a loose idea of what I'm doing, you know, every month or, you know, for the year, but I just kind of let spirit guide me and, and whatever comes through as a creator and whatever feels the most joyful, leading with joy. So mm. that's what I do. <laughs> Katie, you said something that might be a rabbit hole that we might Mm -hmm. go down, but I would really love for you to expand on it. You said when you talk about astrology, you also incorporate free will. Mm -hmm. Can you dive into that just a little bit? Because you said it so quickly that I think it's so important to your craft and what you do. And when we talk about astrology and the woo and the mystic and all the things, Yes. Yes. Beautiful. I'm actually, so I just taught a class um, about an introduction to astrology and what I channeled as I wrote, I was like, wow, 
I wish I could tell everyone this when they ask what astrology is. So this is the perfect opportunity for that. So basically, when I first entered into astrology and heard of it, I thought as many of the oversimplifications through newspapers and magazines of astrology has led to, that it was about predicting your future. And and some people use it that way. And it's not good or bad. It just is how they choose to use it. Um, or that it was like, I felt it was too one dimensional. I'm like, I am not like all split into 12 parts with sun signs. Like I'm way more than just one of these 12 parts. Well, astrology reveals that actually, if you dig into its its roots. And so I mentioned astrology shares its roots with yoga and Ayurveda. And all three are sister sciences actually to assist in one ultimate goal to help with self-realization and showcase how you can live in harmony with your nature and the cycles of life. So the signs and planets and houses of astrology create a map that is basically yours to discover. And Mm. it's important to note that solely relying on astrology dilutes the potency of the information and self-realized souls are guided by an inner knowing. Um, The map kind of presents an aspect of responsibility. And when responsibility has been accepted, we can experience the higher manifestations of the energy present in the birth chart. So for example, it teaches here are the energies that illuminate your life, the life experiences you sustain through behaving in the same repeated ways, the same patterns. Now that you know these patterns, you can kind of embody their gifts and or their shadows. It's up to you what you do with the awareness. So for example, there's no sign, no planet, no house, you know, better than another. Sure, some combinations can feel more easeful. Some combinations can feel more like a challenge. But ultimately, there's there's a spectrum of experiences within that placement or that. And spectrum can seem kind of binary in nature. It can also, it can go past like the, the 3D lens. It, it, there's there's worlds of possibilities that can exist in, in these, uh, what these energies reveal but it's up to us to choose what we like, uh, we'd like to operate in. So for me, for example, I am a Taurus a sun and an Aries moon and a Virgo rising and at my best. And that's in Western. I practice both um, uh, tropical and sidereal calculations, depending on the client. It's all, it's less about what you are, what your labels are and what it illuminates for you. So in at my best, I am somebody who is committed and can create and uh, can Uh, really start things and challenge the status quo and do it all in this like mentally just my mental body I was born into what they call a mercury cycle which rules the mind my mental body is so developed and I say that not in ego way just in a way that's like that's where I started that it's actually a gift for me to use it in this way whereas in my shadow I can be stubborn. I can be obstinate. I can be in analysis paralysis for days, but it's up to me as to whether, which, where I fall within that. And if I can correct myself back to balance, um, you know, mm. and choose and, but, but with the awareness of the cycles and the patterns of, you know, astrology, human design of everything, I have the ability to say, oh, I'm going down this road right now. Let's come back to center with, with what I know this energy can provide. Man, everything that you just said is so fascinating to me. (laughs) It's fascinating to everybody. Mm -hmm. But it it really is, you know, what we talk about a lot in our in our chats. Like we're all just trying to be a little bit more self-aware, a little bit more intentional 
purposeful in order to bring us more joy. Mm, Yes. And I would say to add to that too, I realized that part of my why is you know the self-awareness and the intention, but also the unlearning and deconditioning um, from societal yeah. or parental narratives that may feel constricting or limiting to me. Like for example, in human design, I'm a projector. I am a, we're all projectors actually here, which is beautiful we and are. wonderful. <laughs> and in human design, that basically means we are here to guide others. We are not necessarily the doer beings, or we are also very creative, but we're not necessarily the task beings that 70% of the population are with sacral definition. We are here to guide. And so I have had to unlearn a lot of harmful for me, harmful things around tussle culture and do, do, do. And because I was exhausted before I was, I was, before I was kicked off of the wrong path and put on the right one, like I was tired. I think I spent, I mean, sure, during the the environment with COVID, it was easier to perhaps stay in, but I needed that rest. I was tired. And now I've gotten to a space where it's like, I can honor my natural rhythms and cycles. If there's a day where I actually feel like my output capacity is maybe like probably a couple hours, I'll honor that. Whereas like yesterday, I had the best day of work ever and I worked for 11 hours. And that's not to say to encourage hustle culture, but I was so energized that whole time. And so it's really helped me to kind of find my unique rhythms, my unique best practices, because a lot of what is preached sometimes is not necessarily applicable to me as a unique being. And I find that all the tools I use really reveal what is applicable and what is your personal truth versus all the things and the narratives we hear as blanket statements. So, Katie, you're so effing brilliant. And I hope I hope that anyone listening, if you're curious about what Katie has to say, I'm just going to really like cut to the chase and say, if you're curious, seek her out, have a reading with her and to kind of encapsulate what I just heard you say and what I know that you do, you take ancient sciences, Vedic astrology, Western astrology, Ayurveda, human design, which isn't so ancient, and you kind of smash them all together, you take what sticks and you leave the rest and you help other people on Mm -hmm. that same journey to realize what their strengths are, realize what their weaknesses are. And people come to you mostly because of their careers, but it's what we're all trying to do is figure out who we are in this world, how we can give back. And it's not assigning a label to who you are like, oh, I'm Kapha Vata Pitta or, oh, I'm an Aquarius, or I'm a Leo. It's not assigning good or bad to any of those. It's just saying, hey, I know who I am, and I know what my strengths are, and I know how to work around them or work with them. And personally for me, I've had a reading with you, and I want another reading with you so that I can like (laughs) recalibrate in this crazy year and take some steps forward. So I just want to acknowledge that and kind of put that out there for everyone and just say thank you. Thank you for your gifts. And I just find it so interesting that everyone we've had, and it's been very intentional, everyone we've had on so far like to talk about the koshas, Mm. like to talk about the layers of the body because it's so meaningful. Once you understand how to access yourself, 
within those layers and it's not linear, you, you tend to have this aha moment. Yes. And let me tell you, I had that aha moment when Katie gave me my reading. I feel like every other sentence, I was like, Katie, you're blowing my mind. Because it was <laughs> so incredible. It was, I was getting to know myself in a way that was just so blatantly obvious. And I just hadn't sat mm. down and thought about it. And once I had that information um, given to me, I could relate to it in a way that was really helpful rather than harmful. I'm mm. very similar in the sense that there are some times that my creativity is just like, it's like I'm popping champagne. And then there are some mm -hmm. days where it's like, okay, that champagne's gone flat and I need to rest. And I used to be really uh, shameful of that. And mm. after our reading, Katie, and then doing a little bit more research on my own and a little bit more self-observation around it all, that shame and that guilt and that all of those sort of lower vibrational emotions started to really melt away. And now it's it's the honoring rather than the uh, self-destructive parts of it all. So, yeah, thank you <laughs> from both of us. Aww, thank you, guys. I'm blushing over here. You see, like, <laughs> um, that's amazing. I I love hearing that because I like to say no one can tell you who you are. I'm just here to remind you. Yeah. And when I read it's, you know, it comes from the sciences. Sometimes it comes through my channel. Like it just really depends, but it's very much about me um, helping someone to reconnect with their nature and, you know, and really reclaim that because gosh, before I discovered these things, holy moly, I was operating like, I was operating like a Manny Jen. I was like all over the place. I was do, do, doing. I was just. And what's Manny Jen for those people that don't know? Oh, good, good call. <laughs> In human design, that's a type. It's about 33% of the population who they have a divine, defined sacral center. So this motor that can um, be consistent, generally consistent in how they create. And then it um, has a channel that connects to their throat so they can quickly um, manifest that into existence verbally or, you know, physically or things like that. And so I was operating on this like toxic for me, for Manny Jen, it, it might feel good, you know, this cult hustle culture of just being like, okay, I need to complete, I need to do. And as quickly as possible, I need to be efficient. I need to be a machine. And actually I realized in, in discovering human design and, and, you know, examining my everything about it, that Yes, efficiency is something I value because that's projectors. We love that to manage our energy, but it's efficiency for the sake of managing our energy, not for the sake of doing more. It is mm. more, it is about, and we actually as projectors can get way more done in a shorter amount of time than most because we have this absorbing and penetrating aura to understand something or to do something. And it's like, you know, and now not to say that's all the time, I'd say probably like 75% of the time especially after I've had my cold brew, but, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's very much a, um, it's a, it was a reframe for me and that's what I aim for it to do with everything I do, teaching classes, readings. I just had an aha moment. I'm being a, ah. ha, being a recovering perfectionist, <laughs> I would put mm. off projects like in, in my previous corporate job I would put off projects because one I didn't want to do it or two I 
wanted to do it perfectly and I was afraid to get started. But I knew that once I started, I could do it in a very short, condensed time. I knew my ability. Mm -hmm. And it just, I don't know why I had never thought about it in that way before. So, yes, you too, if you have a reading with Katie, can have these off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love perfect, it. perfect. Was there ever a moment on your journey that you had an aha moment where you were like, oh man, like this stuff really works. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sure so many, many, right? But <laughs> let's see. I think, yeah, I think the biggest aha for me was my very first astrological birth chart reading that, that I received from a practitioner who has been studying astrology both for you know 20 some years. And, um, because it was actually it was actually part of our curriculum where we could choose what teachers we wanted to engage with. And I actually wasn't going to, but I was like, oh, I'll give it a chance. I think it was in that moment as he he started reading my chart, I was like, there's no way he knew this. This is just wild. And how he was delivering it as well, it blasted any misconceptions I had. I had, you know, all the common misconceptions about how Sometimes people think that astrology and sometimes, you know, how the, it's communicated, it seems causal in nature. Some people are like, well, I don't believe that the stars and the planets are, are um, causing me to do something that feels very bypassy. That feels very um, like you're not taking personal responsibility. And yes, language in horoscopes and how we've simplified it in the Western world has somewhat led to that, that misconception. But as he was reading for me, I realized what he was doing wasn't about blaming the planets and the stars for the condition of humanity or my life. It was literally just illuminating patterns. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I do that. And I do that, you know, both the shadow and the gift. Like I, I, you know, can choose to embody both or it's not used to justify your actions. Like just because Mercury's in retrograde doesn't mean I like to call astrology uh, a weather report. Just because it's raining outside doesn't mean you're going to get into an accident. But sure, it'd probably be a little bit better if you slowed down. Or just because, you know, Mercury's in retrograde doesn't mean that you can't travel. It just means you need to be very intentional and clear about your actions for that day. And maybe just, you know, if you have an, a layover, choose the one that has a little extra time. You know, and because it's what it's doing is mirroring that it's a time to slow down. It's a time to look back and to, you know, evaluate. So that was my biggest. And then as I started in this business and, and really sharing, you know, my gifts through through the, this lens, I realized that we all have, we were like designed very specifically and very per intentionally and purposefully. And we are, those are things we are not meant to shift or mold or hide. They're for our purpose. They're for our, our incarnation to be realized, you know, in through the realms of work, through family, through relationship, those things aren't wrong, um, mm -hmm. even if they are not mainstream. That distinction that you made about the weather report Mm. makes so much sense. There was, I was having a conversation the other day about if you are warned about obstacles in the road, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to travel down the road. You mm. can just be prepared for the obstacles ahead. And yeah. it sounds like everything that you do is preparing 
and illuminating. That word keeps coming up and up. And I love that you keep saying it because it's, that's what we're here to do is illuminate the dark parts and, and shine the, the light that's within us, shine that illuminating light out into the world so that we can also make the change that needs to be, that needs to be made. Yeah. And I would say person, and people use astrology in very different ways, depending on, on the culture um, over in India, they are very, very uh, much using it to inform their actions and their decisions. And that is beautiful. That's how it works for them. For me, I get my little Virgo rising can get stuck in analysis paralysis. If I do that mm-hmm. too much, I use it as a way to kind of like the way that we, um, as you know, if we are a menstruating woman, use our cycle perhaps to inform um, how we move. I also, I plan my loosely plan. I'm not a big planner work around my cycle, you know, taking advantage of the phases. And so um, I use it in a way that's empowering versus like restrictive. So for example, I'm smack dab in the middle of my Saturn return and Hmm. the Saturn return has a notorious uh, reputation for being a little cruel I realize with the lens and knowing about what it is that it's less about, you know, just wrecking your, your life for, for wrecking sake. It's more about taking away the things that no longer serve you so you can build foundations for the things that do. And so, yeah, there are a lot of things going on right now that I'm like, really, really, <laughs> but I have the, I have the knowing and the awareness that it's for something I can't comprehend yet, or it's compre- yeah. it's for something, making space how can I think about this? Oh, like that, you know, little thing that just went away, uh, that partnership maybe, or that person, you know, it, it taught me a lesson. It, you know, I just had a, a very hard lesson I had to learn with boundaries and, and honoring an energy exchange and in the midst of it coming to this deep internal knowing that I was being manipulated for financial gain. And I had to say, you know what, like, this is just teaching me boundaries. This is something I just have to decouple from. And if I wouldn't have had that uh, experience, I probably wouldn't have seen the shadows of, of some of the, the dynamics that were there. And now it's actually leading me to teach when I come back in the fall from Croatia. Uh, for listeners, uh, I'm actually taking a little hiatus uh, for another passion thing I'm doing. Um, when I come back in the fall, I'm going to be teaching how to find your power within uh, how you work and uh, develop what I call autonomous thinking versus being influenced by all of this, these messages we have and really helping people learn how to find their purpose and, and market from this space of authenticity. And just, it's a whole big thing, but it propelled me to that. And so I recognize the big picture is what it does yeah. for me. And those moments where you check in about your your chart or your design or, you know, all of the the facets and layers of your work, it almost sounds like it just gives you a moment to take that zoom back. Yes. Right. I think because we live in this culture where it's so like, okay, go, go, go harder, better, faster, stronger all the time that we get really wrapped up Mm -hmm. and having, having these maps or these sets of tools, or we can call them like woo practices, right? gives us a moment to come back mm-hmm. and to check in and be intentional about it all. Yeah. And a common misconception about that is you're trying to, to maybe bypass your struggle or you're trying to, you know, have something that makes you feel better about something. And I would say, sure, some people can maybe use it that way. But for me, it actually just illuminates like, 
the purpose for it. You know, we I talk about people's purpose all the time, but there's also a purpose for everything. Like, and, and some people believe that, like, they're like, oh, synchronicities, whatever, things like that. But it really is. I feel like there's so much that we have yet to comprehend about how all the things in our life play together to actually help us evolve and help us to shed anything that doesn't serve and just really realize the depths of our soul. The visualization that I get as we talk about all these different modalities, we have yoga, breath work, specific types of yoga, Ayurveda, astrology, human design. I just discovered gene keys, which is blowing Mm -hmm. my mind and so much to take in. I think that could be a whole nother podcast or whole nother conversation that I would like (laughs) to have with you, Katie. I think about it as like either like a spice cabinet filled with all these like medicine. And then we have like herbalism and there's all these things within this spice cabinet that you can make a meal with. And none of them are wrong. Mm. Some of them taste better than others. In combination, some of them enhance the flavors of others. And to different people, they're going to taste different. And that's not to say that all Mm. of the modalities, that all the spices have to go into the pot. It's whatever resonates with you at that time that you're sitting in front of the stove. And we're sharing all of the woo modalities with you here so that you can choose what resonates with you. And again, coming back to self-awareness and love and joy. That's Mm -hmm. the goal. They're all little recipes for joy. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You have mentioned misconceptions a few times and something that you brought up earlier about using the planets and the stars um, and how they affect us and whatnot. My mind immediately went to Uh, Two places, actually. One, like we're beings that are made up of mostly water. And if the moon and the cosmos influence bodies of water here on Earth, we are also a body of water. So why wouldn't it? The Mm. second place my mind goes to is ancient civilizations worshipped the stars. And so I don't think that there's a question here (laughs) that I'm posing, but I think I think about these things quite often mm-hmm. and here, here is the question. What do you say to folks that are a little weary of it that don't mm-hmm. really trust yet or see, or haven't been illuminated to its power? Like what's that, what's that conversation like for you? Ah, so many layers. Well, first and foremost, I always say to myself, remind myself even that it is not my job to prove the validity of this or lack thereof. Most people who come to me are ready when the mm-hmm. student is ready, the teacher appears. And so I rarely have to enter into that conversation because all I've also learned as a projector, my strategy is to wait for the invitation. If I go and try and, you know, convince someone of something or initiate something, it's going to sound like a Charlie Brown womp womp, you know? So <laughs> I've also, yeah. I've also learned, you know, to, strategize with that. But of course I do have, you know, a lot of friends and people in my life who, you know, love me and care about me outside of this entrepreneurial space who have asked me or maybe are very, are also equally mentally intellectual and, you know, pursuing PhDs and things like that, who are very skeptical of it. I've had very interesting conversations. And I like to say that astrology, it dates back to 3 BC when 
sages created calendar systems to predict seasons while studying patterns of human behavior. I mean, that's probably all I'd do too if I didn't live in the 21st century. <laughs> you know, it's very, you know, they had all this, and they were more observant and woke than any degree today can convey or, you know, our little minds try to make sense of. And a lot of it has been diluted um, with quick and easy things like horoscopes or, or things in, in magazines. And so astrology isn't about blaming this guy for what's going on. It, astrology doesn't equal cause. Even correlation doesn't equal causation. You are responsible for your actions or, or lack thereof. Um, it's actually what we call like the synch- synchronous uh, structure of reality, which is a subset of what we call quantum mechanics. So I say if they want to intellectualize it and, you know, feel passionately about perhaps, you know, trying to understand it, let's go study some quantum mechanics and physics. But if there's a willingness and an openness to understand that there are people way before us who probably know a heck of a lot more and spend a lot more time studying the laws of the universe and nature and how it impacts us that there's space for that too. Mm. And it's a both and. It doesn't have to be an either or. It doesn't have to be science versus spirituality. It doesn't have to be, it can be integrative. Like I say that with Ayurveda too. Sometimes people erroneously think like, oh, you, you don't like medicine. You don't like science. Like, you know, <laughs> you're you against big pharma. Mm, there's some interesting <laughs> things in that I would like to say, but that's not true. I actually find that there's, there's power in integrating both. We need yeah. both. And so I would say the same thing for astrology. We can, you can integrate that as a way to recognize your patterns that you tend towards both in your shadows and your strengths and, and how that's influenced your life experience and use, you know, scientifically backed like talk therapy as a way to reveal that too. And so it's, it's very much a, an evolution. So, because it prompts me to be like, Oh, well, that's where people are at. That's what people are thinking. How can I create something or provide some illumination or an aha about maybe, you know, the, the beauty of what I do and how maybe it applies to what maybe we've already discovered or the differentiators in it. So yeah. I love those conversations too. <laughs> Unless people are being aggressive, then I'm like, all right, we're just going to exit this. <laughs> <laughs> then it's the exit stage to our left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. I love the work that you do on Instagram about the education how can people get in touch with you? How, where's, where are you in the world, in the interweb world? This is, is called Inner Science Co. And I created that name because I really truly feel like what I do is all about your inner science. Like there's, and there's these ancient sciences we're using to illuminate the inner knowing for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's co because it's a conglomeration of a lot of different things. (laughs) Um, And so you can find me at inner.science.co. Um, you can also email me at glass.katie, K-A-T-E-E, at gmail.com. And then, so, fun fact, uh, I also am a children's ESL teacher. I wear a lot of hats. And this summer, I'm headed to Croatia to yes. teach at a uh, kid's summer camp on the Adriatic Sea, this granola girl's dream job. It's, it's pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> and so I'm going to be teaching them life skills and camping skills and cooking and all that. And, you know, they, many of them. Um, and English is their second language. So it's an incentive for them to get really excited uh, to in- continue their journey in it. Let's see, I leave May 26th, between May 26th through October 1st of this year. 
inner science is going to be a little bit quiet. I have an amazing virtual assistant who's going to be teasing some things in the fall. But you can also follow me on my personal Instagram at Katie, K-A-T-E-E dot glass, G-L-A-S-S. I'll be sharing my journey in Croatia and throughout the EU uh, throughout the summer there too. That is so beautiful. You know, I, t- I taught teens for a while, yoga and meditation and mindfulness, and I found that they are little sponges with these sort of woo things. Have you had any experience with teaching younger souls about astrology and Ayurveda and human design? Great question. So one thing this summer um, I recognize, and the my director told me this about, he would say this about any subject, is he was like, you're going to be very careful about how you talk about those things. He said, I'm not mm-hmm. saying don't talk about them but they are, they are sponges. And and I was like, you know, absolutely, totally understand. I recognize he's not trying to silence me. It was just more of a, hey, like I would tell the same person who maybe um, has a very strong passion for um, sports or, you know, only talks about, you know, basketball. So how I speak about it tends to be less about what the science is, this, this ancient practices and more about the ahas and the the principles that come from within it. So for example, one, I actually do use human design, especially in uh, my planning, my students lesson. I am teaching a five-year-old right now and she is a, the most manigen to ever manigen in human design. She is so active, so creative, such a doer. And so before I actually had pulled her human design, I recognized that traditional learning and teaching styles wouldn't necessarily work for her. She's also five, so age plays a factor. <laughs> and at the minute I switched my lessons to be very much a little bit led by her because she has that manifestor element, a little bit where we dabble in like six different things over the course of the hour, depending on what she's feeling a little bit where we incorporate something called total physical response, where we're, you know, for her to learn left from right, right. It can't just be looking at the L in her hand. It has to be the hokey pokey. It's actually Mm -hmm. helped so much in terms of how the kids learn. So, and I share things with them that are more the principles of it, where it's like, wow, you are so good at switching from task to task. Like, I love your passion, like things like Mm -hmm. that. So I'll share the insights or yeah, it's about taking the principles of it and, and illuminating that within them to say, hey, these things are good. These things are gr- these things that are great about you. Honor them, you know, follow them. My cousin, he's 13. He was asking me, how do you know these things? And I started to kind of try and tell him. He was like, okay. And then he just walked away and went to his video game, you know? So it's very, <laughs> it's, but um, yeah, it's about the principle it reveals for them. I usually share that. I had another aha moment with what you're doing by taking all these, all these modalities, all these principles, and you're applying them so practically to working with children. Learning differences. Some people used to call them learning disabilities, but it's not. It's a difference. People, so for dyslexia, people learn to see things differently. People relate to the world differently. People are more sensitive. Some people are more sensitive to, like, sense touch previously this is this is just becoming so like important in my life recently because my best friend is working with her child that has three learning differences and she has Mm -hmm. fought in school for the past two years of advocating for her teachers to like give her extra help 
And the child, up until the past six months when she's gone on medication, has felt stupid because her teachers don't know how to relate to her. And it's not that she's Mm. stupid. It's not that she's not smart. It's that she just learns differently. She doesn't learn the way everybody else learns. And people who grew up in schools 30 years ago who were never diagnosed with a learning difference, never catered to with a learning difference, they're now adults walking in this world that think that they're not smart because someone doesn't know how to communicate or relate to them and it's just like oh my god this is so practical and like what Mm -hmm. you do is so practical in human design if we could adapt that as a society to not only relate and communicate with each other but also teach children and adapt and not like force everybody into this box I don't it just it's all so interconnected and I hope Mm -hmm. that we as a society can learn and go more that way because it's about, it's not about fitting into a box. It's about everyone having, I'm using this term because someone else used it and I can't remember who said it, but about, it's about everybody having a seat at the table. It's not, and it's not Mm -hmm. about having someone pull their own seat up and them feeling like they have the ability to do that. It's about the chair already existing there. For anyone to come and join yeah I actually had an adult client who realized in a reading that all of the quote-unquote qualities that were deemed as ADHD for her were actually was actually her intuition speaking to her her spleen in human design is lit up like a Christmas tree which is that's not the only place intuition can come from but she realized she's like oh my gosh like I it's not ADHD. You know, some people, they find power in that diagnosis as well. Like not to say that that's not a thing. It's um, mm-hmm. sometimes it can be a really um, healing, helpful one. But for her, it actually was, she found it to be not and realized that it was actually just differences, not a disability or a challenge. Yeah. Sometimes labels can be harmful or very helpful and mm-hmm. relating to all of this information that you give to your students or your clients is is really just like reframing a lot of what we already know like you mentioned before the unlearning of it all I had this thought when you were all talking about schools and and learning differences like what if instead of placing children in like you know advanced or regular AP what if we place them in you're a projector you're a Manny Jen you're a you know a mental projector like me I I love that that would be amazing (laughs) yeah and we can even you know for those for you know that would probably be a very hard sell with you know given but you know we could translate it in you know translate it into just the language around learning differences like I find projectors not all have they not everybody who is quote unquote gifted or advanced is a projector vice versa like a square is a rectangle rectangle is not a square whatever that phrase is but I find that most projectors are kind of like the big nerds like we traditionally perhaps depending on the variables or our arrows in human design we probably did okay in school because we have this like penetrating and absorbing aura that we can like zoom in on something and you know kind of just take it all in whereas 
penetrating and absorbing, you know, type of learning style. Whereas, mm. you know, um, like a manifester, they have this closed and repelling aura so that they are, they can lead, they can initiate. And so they might be called bossy at school. They might be called, you know, disruptive, but actually it's, they are here to initiate things. So this, those might be like the people who are the, you know, experimenters or the people who are thinking about something differently. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and that being a learning style, very different than the penetrating, absorbing one, you know, so it's very, yeah, almost like using their auras as a way to, and translating that into language that, you know, is accessible in the education system. <laughs> uh, Definitely. Which, yeah. Katie, I am going to need to re-listen to this episode like three or four times because I'm just <laughs> totally blown away by the work that you're doing in the world and the knowledge that you hold and oh my goodness oh thank you <laughs> oh, makes this projector feel very seen <laughs> yeah, you are seen you are seen um we love to end our our chats with a question that we have totally stolen from oprah but it totally fits with what we're talking about today and what we talk about in most conversations. And that question is, what do you know to be true? Uh, Well, this just popped in uh, that I'm everything and nothing at the same time. Mm. Very pie in the sky philosophical, but that's (laughs) more practically speaking. I would say you are not the things that are in your life or not in your life. You are what, you evolve into uh Mm. or the things or people or whatever it is or the circumstances it's 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 ever-changing it is uh, because you are are ever-changing and as long as that change is further toward your nature and shedding of things that aren't true then you can't lose you Mm. can't lose so (laughs) yeah Thank you so much for sharing your gifts and your time. Thank you for having me. We would love to have you back on for another chat at some point. Oh, so we yes. can dive deeper into all of the things. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk soon. Talk yeah. soon. Thanks, Katie. Thanks. <laughs>